This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, Padres. This is Stone Cold Steve Austin, and you're listening to the Sons of Thunder radio show. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. (laughs) That was our uh, special guest actually doing his. He's been practicing that voice for, I don't know, 28 years. Yeah, probably 40. (laughs) You know, you never know what you're going to get on the Sons of Thunder show. I don't know if anybody out there actually uh, listens to uh, or even watches, uh, you know, the the news or talk radio, but this reminds me a lot of the five. Yeah. (laughs) You know, we've got good conversations going on. And uh, anyway, so we've got uh, Father Matt Wearing. Yeah, Father Matt Wearing. What's up, Padre? Hey, guys. Good to have you on. So Father Matt and I are good buddies. We were just out in uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul for the Region 8 uh, vocation directors meeting, and uh, now we got him on the show, and we were just talking during the break how he is just overwhelmingly honored uh, to be on the Sons of Thunder show. Uh, Very few guests get on this. Most people are, and it's because of our humility, I think. Right. We've never been in the presence of such humble people than when I was on the show. Okay, uh, Father, I have been asking, we're going to get into uh, vocations here because we were supposed to be out at the Vocations Jamboree live. Uh, but we're not, and you're not there, and nobody's anywhere because of this little tiny viri that is disturbing the entire world. So, I have been asking all of our guests today, because I'm trying to get the census fidie uh, of what's, uh, the, the sense of the, the, the faithful, everyone, on what's going on in the hearts of at least those we're interviewing, because they're priests, sisters, good lay people. In your gut, Father, what do you, why do you think, what's going on with this coronavirus in the sense of uh, what is the good Lord doing? Obviously, he didn't cause it, but he's certainly allowing it. Um, where do you think this is all going? Yeah, man, uh, I tell you what, this is, it's all consuming. You know, I feel like uh, just figuring out even what we're, what, what we're going to do with our seminarians as seminaries are closing or locking down. Uh, it's really been all I've been thinking about the last last few days, for sure. Um, yeah, you know, what, what's the Lord doing? I'm not sure. Uh, but I do, I guess, um, uh, yesterday I had this, I had this sudden, uh, this may be revealing a little bit too much, but I had this sudden inspiration that I needed to make sure I got a haircut before, before my hairdresser, like, Shut her door. So I, I texted. I texted her last night and said, "Gosh, I know everybody's probably trying to get in before you have to close. Can I please get in before you have to close?" So, anyway, I got my hair cut today as I was visiting with her, and she's uh, she's a young Catholic woman, has three kids, uh, probably late twenties in terms of age, and uh, you know she uh, when when uh, Bishop dispensed Catholics last weekend, uh, and for the uh, next few weeks, at least, uh, for, from the obligation of attending Sunday Mass, uh, she chose to stay home with her family. And, you know, she's, she goes to Mass with her family every weekend, so that wasn't an easy decision for her. But she told, she told me this this morning as I was getting a haircut. She said, uh, I, I told my kids that this is not a vacation from church. And she said, as a family, uh, the five of us sat down, and for the first time ever as a family, we prayed the rosary together. And she said it was an unbelievable experience 
of faith that that we have not had as a family before, and I feel like the Lord is is really doing something here. Oh, and I was so inspired by that, and that's that's my hope. Uh, as sad as it is, uh, and 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 really cause for grief when we are when we're separated from the sacrament. My hope is that families, especially, will live what will live what is their call, which is to be the primary educators and formators in the faith. And I actually think it's an it's it's an opportunity. Uh, for people, and I, I pray that God uses it, uses that, uses that in, in that way because uh, it's it's actually going to be a great source of fruit in the church if if we can help people to under, to look at it that way. Yeah, I think I, I agree with you 100. percent You know, I, <clears throat> it's amazing to think about. I was talking to uh, Father Adam Park, who both of us know. He's the vice rector over at the North American College, <clears throat> and uh, which is in, in Rome. In Rome, <clears throat> and uh, mm-hmm. you know, I was talking to him, and he's just he's like. The last time that we had to, because you mentioned sending seminarians home, said the mm-hmm. last time we had to send seminarians home because of a disruption in Rome was World War II. Oh, <clears throat> you know, yeah, so yeah. to, to kind of reflect on the fact of, you know, globally, the impact mm-hmm. that this is having, you know, that it's, it's, it's in effect, you know, is close to what World War II did to the world, only this is this is not, you know, humans fighting humans. This is uh, right. us fighting a virus. It's- I'd rather be, well, I'm not advocating for war here, but at least you know your enemy. You know what I'm saying? Right. This thing is invisible. <laughs> right, yeah. We don't know. I mean, it, 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 it seems to be escalating as far as right. its contagiousness and I just don't think uh, we're, we're anywhere near the end of this stuff. But anyway... <clears throat> I think it's a great opportunity too, Father, for us priests to get out there, and so like we're doing mm-hmm. right now, at least on the airwaves. I know I've got mm-hmm. a huge social media platform out of my parish. We're gonna, you know, be maybe streaming this stuff mm-hmm. uh, and uh, just getting getting some uh, good spiritual meat and potatoes out to the people, making sense of it for everyone, even though we might be shuttered in our rectory. But it can be a time of beauty. <clears throat> it really yeah, can. Yeah, it can be yeah. for families coming together. Oh, yeah. and- I'm with you though. I mean, just getting families back <clears throat> together and having them be yep. the primary educators. And we've got, you know, Austin Bitts here. He's telling us his, or, uh, his conversion story. It's, I think it might be a good time for conversion for people. Yeah. You know, I mean, it makes yeah. you think a little bit deeper. Like, wait a second here. American life as we know it has kind of come to a screeching halt. Right. And what's, you know, you know what's this all about? Well, so, you realize what you take, you're taking for granted, you know? Yeah. We take a lot for granted. Oh, food. Yeah. You Until know, mass but, is gone. But and then yes. all of a sudden you're like... Yeah, I can't go to church. Now here's here here's you know we're gonna get into vocations, but here's here's my my gut. My you know, I haven't shared my gut on this yet. I'm share <laughs> here my, we go. My gut on this is, is, is first first there's a virus, uh, but when you so you you don't have the majority of people don't have a lot of faith. You're terrified of death. You don't have true divine wisdom. You're in, infiltrated with a whole worldly relativism di- dynamic. Well, you're just along with the crowd. So you've been following the crowd with everything thus far. Why not follow the crowd with this? And so an insane overreaction happens, which God is never in that. And in that insane overreaction, immediately you have shutdown. Following shutdown, you have financial collapse. Following financial collapse, you have a dis- disruption in uh, the supply chain. Then the comfort's gone. Once the comfort and the money's gone, 
you have social unrest. Once you have social unrest, now you have government intervention. And when when does that come falling? I, I think that this has the potential, if we're not careful, because of our unsettled hearts that are not grounded in anything and the erosion of the moral fabric of this country to become something that is so unbelievably uh, outside of any type of normal reaction uh, that, that we, could, we, could, we could technically collapse society as we know it. But time will tell. I'm trusting in the Lord to get us through this, but his will be done because we may just need something like that yeah. to get our salvation back on track. Wake us so, up. Got to wake up. I'm going to give it to Father Josh here because uh, these two guys are, are in the, the ministry together, and we can talk a little bit about vocation. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, tell us uh, how, how are vocations down in New Ulm? How are... Tell us about what's going on with, I mean, you bringing guys back. I mean, I know my rectory is full of seminarians. I thought I was doing this interview. <laughs> what happened? You see how quickly that happened? It didn't even, I, I didn't even get one question. I'm telling you, man, it's my humility. <laughs> yeah, tell us, yeah, I mean, the, obviously we're bringing guys back. You're got, probably bringing guys back. What are you going to do? With your men, how are you going to continue to make sure that formation is happening uh, in these upcoming weeks and hopefully weeks, but maybe months? Well, yeah, exactly. So basically, um, just after a lot of conversations with the bishop and talking about it, if if we have the option of keeping our guys at the seminary, that's what we're choosing to do, uh, just because they have the resources already to provide for the material and spiritual needs of our guys, yep. whereas... Uh, we have to make special arrangements in order to do that, and we're probably not going to do it as well. So um, that's kind of been our, our <coughs> I, you know, and we'll, we'll make exceptions to that as needed. But the more difficult thing is for the guys whose seminaries are closing, uh, uh, at least for the semester. And so uh, we, we, it's, more, it's basically on a case-by-case basis. Older guys typically, older college seminarians typically, we're uh, doing like rectory stays for those guys and younger guys. They're just having them go home. Right. So not, easy, what, what, not easy calls. For what sure. what seminaries between the two of you can you list that have closed? <clears throat> all of ours have, except which, well, no, all of them. Which would be except for Denver, uh, SJV St. John Vianney in Denver has not because they <clears throat> don't live in the main seminary. They live in the parish houses, and so they're a lot smaller communities, and they they feel safe that. They can keep doing formation. They have the house father that lives there, um, and so he's going to keep doing that. <clears throat> They're doing all their classes online. But Kenrick uh, sent their guys home. They're all coming today or tomorrow. Uh, St. John Vianney in Minneapolis-St. Paul is sending home. D.C., St. John Paul II, sending home. Nat guys are stuck. <clears throat> we had we, the guys in Rome. We had a chance to bring them home. We brought home Chris, uh, Deacon Christian Smith. Just in case it goes too long, we want to make sure he gets ordained. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But... The rest of the guys, <laughs> uh, Nick Vetter, one of our seminarians, I was FaceTiming with him, and I'm like, you guys, are, we're going to keep you over there. And Nick comes up to the computer, he's like, Father, we're willing to go down with the ship. We just want you to know. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah, the other the other place we send is to St. Paul Seminary in the Twin Cities, and um, they're, they're suspending um, their classes for the most part. Uh, but they are they are remaining open as a residence, so guys are able to stay there and continue to live. And uh, so, you know, it's helpful. But it's it's a hard call all around. It is. It's, it's a tremendous challenge. And I think the crazy part is, is just nobody knows when this thing is going to end. So 
mm-hmm. so many times in the Old Testament when they're like, we have no prophet among us to tell us when this great <laughs> what scourge to do. is going to yeah. end, right? So mm-hmm. yeah. we'll just uh, stick together. Anyway, let's get into uh, talking a little bit about vocations. Uh, any practical tips, Father, for discerning a vocation? This is the best interview I've ever given for the record. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even need you here. <laughs> I felt that today. I felt I want, I, I I want felt to retract, I I retract that statement. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I guess um, in, in the diocese of New Ulm, what what we've really tried to do is to to do relational ministry. And as a, as a vocation director, every month I'm going to South Dakota State University. I'm going to Mankato State. I'm going to uh, schools in the Twin Cities, and I'm just meeting one on one with students. And uh, uh, a lot of those kids are through connections that I have, and they're from, from the New Alm Diocese, but basically just trying to help uh, young men and, and young women develop a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, uh, and, and, and to grow in holiness through prayer and the sacraments, uh, because if, if somebody has a living relationship with, with Jesus, he's going to tell them what their vocation is. Right. Uh, it's 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 not helpful actually when someone decides he is is called to be a priest but he doesn't have a spiritual life, right. and so uh, it, that that's go, that's backwards. But what we how we can help our young people is actually teaching them to pray and accompanying them because they they need people to help them uh, so that they can actually make a good discernment. Yeah, I always tell the guys it's not you know you're not in vocations you're not trying to figure out a what you're trying to figure out a who. Uh, and, yep. and that's who you're listening to. Are you listening to yourself? Are you listening to the enemy? Are you listening to the world? Or are you listening to Jesus? And you can't figure any of that out unless you have a lived relationship with the Lord, which, <clears throat> you know, I mean, that is the one thing to all of our listeners uh, you can really work on during this time uh, is mm-hmm. just deepening Amen. deepening your, your relationship with Christ, uh, who is the true Savior of the world. And um, to that end, up next, uh, join us as we pray a rosary live on the air for all those affected by the coronavirus and for an increase in hope and trust in the Lord who comes to us in encouragement. Uh, please join us in the steadfast prayer and time of reflection as we come back after this break. Father Matt, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. Good to be with you guys. God bless you. Stick safe. Take care. Bye now. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. 